right, welcome back everybody to another episode of the BLT Podcast, where life, music, and friendship brew into heartfelt conversations. Today, we have a really fun, really exciting episode uh, with a melody of topics lined up with my good friends, Nathan Quiros and Ivan Contreras. Um, welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Yeah, hey. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good, yeah. yeah. They, inst- they instantly like sat up in their chair and like got, <laughs> got like a little bit more professional and serious. Uh, no, we're here. We're here. We're having a good time. We've been spending the day together. Um, we live very busy lives. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so today has been an awesome day. We actually, maybe this will be on... Uh, my YouTube later, but we recorded a very hilarious uh, <laughs> version of. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that was amazing. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, welcome to the podcast. This is episode two, and so this is very brand new still to me. But you guys listened the very first week. Nathan was actually uh, kind of our featured uh, outro music, which was really cool. Yeah. I felt very honored by that, by the way. Yeah. It was very surprising when I heard at the end. Yeah. And you guys will see, um, the intro music for this episode is actually, uh, provided by him too. We literally just hooked up the microphones and he started playing and he killed it. It was fire. Oh my God. I was blown away. Like he took like 10 minutes to do it while I was plugging in microphones. Yeah. He took (laughs) 10, 10 minutes. Then he was, all right, I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, me and Brandon were like, what is, what, what are we witnessing right now, bro? It's yeah. crazy. I appreciate that. I mean, I like guitar. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he likes guitar. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll let these guys introduce themselves kind of for, for today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, I don't know, it's going to be a hodgepodge. We're going to talk about. Um, how we met, you know, what, what music has kind of played a role in our lives. Um, some funny stories here and there. And then we're going to go on to our careers. Both Nathan and Ivan have both started a career this year, um, which is very cool, very interesting. Um, and yeah, we're just going to kind of riff off, talk about some self-care. We're going to talk about some of our interests outside of music, and we're just going to have a good time. We're sitting here on the couch. Sorry. Nathan's... Uh, Chilling, wearing a donut t-shirt. Hey, Ivan's got his blanket on. I'm cold, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ivan, why don't you why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, my name is Ivan. I just graduated in May. Uh, this is my first year teaching. I'm a uh, middle school band director here in uh, West Texas, uh, and it's been going great. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's been tough, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Nathan. I uh, graduated last year, December, um, from UTBB. I'm a first year teacher too. Um, first year, I started off in January. Only taught one subject was health or youth leadership, and now I'm, they stepped me up to three whole subjects. <laughs> um, teaching reading enrichment, which is just something to help the people who failed the start test for reading. And of course I got health and I'm also a social studies teacher. Almost got hired as a man director over there where mm-hmm. I'm from, but yeah, I'm still doing that. Still got my band and my music stuff going, but yeah, life's been going pretty, pretty well. Yeah. And we're going to talk about your band here in not too long. Um, well, we actually, I've got my phone hooked up to the, uh, good old audio interface. We're going to listen along and talk a little bit about that. Um, and that's really, really interesting. So how we met, um, that's a, that's a fun story. So Ivan and I 
we both were freshmen here at the same time. Well, he actually had a year under his belt at Midland College, right? Yeah, I did uh, all my basics in uh, Midland College. And at first I thought it was not a good idea. But later on, I was like, thank God I got done with my basics. You saved all that money? (laughs) I saved a lot of money and I just focused on music. That's it. I just... 100% 100% on music, and it was amazing. It was just yeah, we, we went through all the uh, the core music classes together. We were like yeah. one of the only people in our music theory classes that actually uh, did the homework. Participated. <laughs> Participated in class. Especially in COVID. Yeah, uh, we we're one of the few that survived. Um, but yeah, we've been literally together since the very beginning. I will say, Ivan is a very stoic, uh, introverted personality, and so... Uh, apart from a couple sentences, even though we actually spent a lot of time together, um, I didn't really get to know Ivan until what the end of our sophomore year. I think uh, it was last year. No, junior uh, year. Last year, uh, when Francisco came. Yeah, yeah. we're all, we're all tied together by Francisco, who's not here today, um, but he's he's kind of the glue. And then Nathan. <laughs> you yeah, tell was, him about how that happened. I was a hogwash of majors. So I went to UTSA as a music performance major, right? Didn't like it. So I switched over to Canise. And then how I met y'all, I remember walking into the offices, you know, where to get our our next classes and stuff for the next semester. And I was just like, you know what? I don't have a minor. Mm. So I was like, I'm not going to be just some history teacher yet. I'm I'm already a history teacher. But (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know what? I'm on a minor in something that, you know, I'm more passionate about. And I cannot tell you how big my, uh, what was what, the person that you go to to help with your classes and your advisor advisor, yeah, my advisor's eyes grew so wide when I said, I want to be a music minor, but she's like, you're a kinesiology major. What the heck would you do that for? Like, boy? what are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> do, are you, do you know music? And I was like, do I know music? <laughs> but no, um, as soon as I did that, she, she got everything set straight. I talked to, some professors over there in UTBB. And first day, I was absolutely nervous. So I met Brandon before I met Ivan. I mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. Because I remember it was, I was still kind of getting used to it, but I went to brass ensemble rehearsal. And that's when I started yeah, to first. First day of school, bro. Yeah. I remember it was the that. first day of my senior year. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know nobody. I don't know what to expect. And we just had that first meeting as a brass ensemble. And I was like, shoot, am I even at the right building? I didn't even yeah. know where I was. And what was it called? I just remember seeing the widest eyes. Oh, yeah. We from were all of y'all. Like, we're like, this is a grown dude. Y'all can't see him right now, but he's like got a full beard, very strong looking man. <laughs> My first thing was like, okay, he's probably in the wrong class. Like <laughs> this guy looks like he'd probably beat us all in a fight. doesn't look like a musician. Uh, but here, I, there I was with my trumpet case. Yeah. I just walked in and I remember it, it was tough. Nobody really talked to me because I didn't know anybody and I yeah. tried to be friendly, but I remember Frankie was the first person to talk to me and it was Lindsay mm-hmm. because that was what trumpets, whatever. And then it took me a while to talk to you. And then oh, you, yeah, yeah. and then it just, I don't know how we started to approach each other, but then we started being the best buddies and messing around. 
Yeah. And brass ensemble all the damn time. We, we got to do a lot of fun stuff. Like both you and I, we arranged some pieces yeah. and conducted some pieces yeah, for brass did. ensemble together. Yeah, that was really fun. I really enjoyed brass ensemble. Yeah. With you, not gonna lie. And then I started to get to know you and your music. And then we were all like, holy cow, this is a like <laughs> Amazing. badass trumpet player. That can uh, play guitar. That can play guitar. <laughs> I can do all this stuff. And I was like, what can I do? <laughs> I can hold a trombone and go wham wham. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember we had to answer a couple of questions and my my thing was that, like I play in a metal band and then everybody was like questions right after that was yep. a bunch of questions. And I was like, Oh shoot. But then after a while, I remember meeting Ivan. I, we were all in a group together. We're all just jamming out. And we finally, I finally got to talk to Ivan and we just kind of clicked. It was Francisco. He's the glue. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was honestly Francisco when, because we were all with Francisco in that piano room and you walked in. Wait, like the first time I met you was in that's, stupid class that we had uh where all the music majors the band majors would go oh um oh uh, recital yes, recital attendance. That yes, yes. I hated that one. that's the first time i saw you but i would see you around and stuff then i would see you on frankie's uh, stories on yeah. snapchat and i was like oh like uh it's good that frankie is hanging out with him then the first time i actually like got to talk to you was when you were helping uh, frankie and the other trumpet player with a duet Oh my god. And then gosh, it was yes. like 9 p.m. and now I, I finished practicing and, and we were still in there. You were still in there then I was like, well Frankie's here so let me just hang out and try to help Frankie because I know he needed help with that duet because he was uh struggling a little bit. I think they had a recital like a week. Yeah, that was like, a stressful from, time from that. For him. Yeah. Then that's when I like got to talk to you and stuff. You came in, cleaned house, stole all our hearts. Yeah, basically. We like spent so much time together. We went to hang out after like concerts, ate dinner, yeah. went to, you know, local like bars and stuff. Like, yeah, we just, I don't know. It, it felt natural to just yeah. hang out with y'all. And I, I'm very picky when it comes to friends. Mm -hmm. I'm very mm -hmm. picky when I'm picking my friends. And I'm like, I kind of was an introvert while I was there. But then I kind of just grew and i kind of attached to the people like you frankie ivan there's a handful of others that i would talk to los well. chingomis for real oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are, uh, that, yeah our snapchat group do you do you remember when you me and frankie hanged out in uh, in your car after waterburger <laughs> yeah. oh, yes that was, was like i think that was a staple of our yeah. like, friendship like gluing together i know i know banda was in there but i know that night it was like 3 a.m. Yeah, and we, we were, were like jamming out in your car. We went to the that Market Street parking lot. Yeah, to the parking lot, and we went to the pond, right? Yeah, I, we went to a. Pond. I have this that video pond. of Frankie uh, trying to hit uh, like a duck <laughs> with the rock. <laughs> but yeah, we went into the parking lot. We started listening to a lot of music. He introduced me to uh, Oh Honey. Yeah, remember that one? Uh -huh. And then I remember that we started doing uh, what's it called? Daft Punk. We started jamming out to Daft Punk, and then we somehow went to the Halo soundtrack, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is goaded, by the way. Yeah, yeah but it is goaded. I remember that night; Halo, it was bro. just, it was all glued. And then, of course, I remember our friendships were kind of like a branched out a little bit more, mm -hmm. because your friends would be like friends with our friends, and then we would kind of have different, mm -hmm. you know, hangouts and stuff. Yep. So. Yeah. But when it came down to it, I was like, oh, I hope I see Ivan. I see Frankie. I hope I see Brandon there. Like, I hope that's what I really looked for whenever I, I was with yeah. them. I mean, of course, I can't diss on the other people. Yeah. Well, even but, even this last year, like, you guys were both student teaching. Yeah. And you guys were gone. 
um, I started student teaching this semester and then the first people we talk to whenever like something happens, you know, whenever we're like feeling down or, yeah. um, we just need to enjoy each other's company. Yeah. It's like, all right, bro, I'll be there this afternoon type exactly. thing. And then we would always like have on the group chat. If anything happens, it's always on mm-hmm. the group chat. And another person is Juan. Like I always have connections oh, with I wish Juan, Juan was here. Yeah. I know. I know he'll listen to this. I, I've talked to Juan so many times okay. about like my struggles and like about teaching and stuff and Juan I know I think it's for both of y'all like he just talks and talks and that's amazing like <laughs> I love yeah that. he does almost, yeah. like almost every time we have like hour long conversation on the phone which is crazy and then we're like we say bye to each other like 20 times <laughs> then we start talking yeah. again <laughs> That's how he is with me. During student teaching, we both started uh, student taught at the same year. Um, it would be almost on a daily basis. We would call and be like, yep. what is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 we would call each other like, why do we have to do this 15 page, 10 page paper over oh something that we saw in three hours out. or something? And like, we would Horrible. always, always call. And of course, like the first day or the last day, we're like, oh my God, freedom. Like finally, like we did it. And when we got to, we, he graduated in a different ceremony than me, but we still graduated that same day. I had to call and be like, yo, we did it. Yeah. And he was always, always there, no matter what. Even after we graduated, he would call me after work, be like, yo, I'm struggling with this kid. And he would, we would kind of like bounce off ideas of how to, mm-hmm. how to teach and how to do things because he has a lot of value in what he wants to do. So do I. Now, am I a music teacher? Absolutely not. You know, I want to be, but of course, I can only do so much and the same thing with him, but we but, always but have it, that connection. It still relates oh, to, yeah. like, kinesiology and, like, band, like, with just teaching. Like, how do you teach? Are you, like... No, yeah, like, a lot of I these don't kids don't yeah. know that I kind of treat my... I treat my classroom like it's a rehearsal. Ooh. Okay, I treat my classroom like it's a rehearsal. They come in, they know to warm up, Okay, they know they have a bell ringer on the board. It is a routine. Mm-hmm. They go in, they have a warm up. We have a rehearsal, which is our lecture. They get their writing instruments out. They get their writing. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> no, but yeah, they, they get everything in a routine. And I treat every one of my classes like I would a rehearsal. Now, do I have a baton and am I able to do dynamics and create this amazing ensemble? No, but. It's still, I, I treat it the way I would treat them. You're still trying rehearsal. to achieve a goal. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about like uh, really good friendships, you know, but I'll just like quickly add like <laughs> one of my first times, like under the influence of alcohol, um, Juan was like at that time, even like one of my best friends in the whole world. And I told him that day that he was going to be the best man at my wedding and he will still uh, be on that short list for that. Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah. even the last couple months, you guys too, but you know, I've had a very, very tough time. We'll talk about mental health later. Um, but I've heard him sob and I've sobbed to him and it is just like, it's so refreshing not only to have like one of those people in your life, oh, yeah, I did. but also like have somebody that, I don't know, is just so engaged and like wants to be so involved in your life and, yeah. Yeah. and being, being there and, and talking about, you know, teaching and these other kind of like nuanced things not, not many people know about. Um, it's really cool. I feel everyone should have a friend like that or friends like that. Like, oh, yeah. if you don't have someone, like, just try and find someone that inspires you, that, you know, that keeps you in check mm-hmm. and stuff. Because 
<clears throat> like I had friends in where I came from, uh, Presidio, uh, but I never knew how, what it meant to be great, great friends, almost like brothers until I came yeah. here at UTB. Like we share the same, same passion. We know our struggles and it's just, it's different. It's yeah. different. And the one thing is too, it's not planned. It's never planned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, you guys are my best friends, but I have a really good friend, too. He's like my brother, Chris, the other guitar player for Within No Fear. Yeah. First day I remember meeting him, we went out to drink, and it was one of those nights where those, that alcohol got to me, and I started sobbing <laughs> with him <laughs> over what was going on in life. And I remember, like, I felt so bad the next morning. I was legitimately, like, calling with, like, hey, yo, I'm so sorry this happened. But then he was like, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm here for you, dude. Like, you're my brother. Mm-hmm. And then after that day, it was like we just you know clicked, and it happened out of nowhere. You yeah. know, it was by faith that my drummer knew him, and my drummer invited me to go and be like, "Hey, come jam out with us." You don't know this guy, but I'm sure you guys will get along. And then look at us now. It's yeah. always so interesting. Like I used to tell people, I moved I moved around a lot growing up, and so I I don't think I really had that like best friend like that like really close person like from birth that you grow up like playing in the backyard together and going to sleepovers and stuff. And surely I had friends along the way that did that. Um, friends that I still like love dearly to this day, even though we don't talk as much. Um, and then at the end of my high school, um, my my friend Mackenzie, who wants to be a a guest on this podcast. Um, some of my, my friends here know her as the heart friend. She had a heart transplant, uh, at a very (laughs) inopportune time. Um, she's, she's awesome. Like, I would consider her best friend, but all these people, I don't know. Like, you can go so long without talking to them. Yeah. And then you could even feel like, man, I don't have any friends. Or, man, I'm so lonely right now. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> you, you're like, oh, snap. And you just shoot them a text message. And it's just like... They're there. There was no gap in between. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt with y'all, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I got so busy. Mm-hmm. I was like, shoot, I have not spoken you were to these guys. Busy, busy. And bro. I was like, Am I gonna get, you know, like the cold shoulder for it or am I gonna get yeah. welcome back? And I was like in my mind, I was like, Okay, you know, they're probably busy as hell too. I can't mm-hmm. I can't do nothing about it. And then suddenly I forgot who shot a text and created the a group chat and then it just sparked back up again. Yeah, and now I look forward to the times to be like, "Hey, I got some time, you know? Can I go hang out with y'all?" Mm. And I just in in the moment you don't feel like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so busy." It just happens, and then I realize, "Hey, I haven't talked to Brandon in months. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Ivan in a month, and it just kind of in that, like you said, I feel kind of lonely. I wonder what they're thinking yep. if I were to text them back." It's refreshing, you know. It is. Yeah, it's and. Like I said, like (laughs) there is so much going on, like not only in the world, but there's so much going on in our lives, like big changes, you know, um, without like airing out everyone's business, but like, you know, big career changes, uh, relationships, uh, long distance, like style relationships, or, um, I don't know, just the daily struggles of like paying the bills. Like, oh my gosh, my credit card debt is so high and I have no income. And that's what's stressing me out like right now. <laughs> but, you know, there's all these things and it's just, I don't know, even now, like, sure, there's going to be some people that listen to this podcast. That's for sure. But just the fact that I can just sit here 
and like have a real conversation with you guys is so refreshing. And we're going to talk about like all the things that we love to do and like our upbringing. And I just know that by the end of the day, like we're going to feel even more close to each other, you know? Oh yeah. Everybody has struggles. Everybody. Like you're not alone, man. Even Beyonce no, has struggles. Like, bro. Where was listening? Dude. Like you're not alone, <laughs> I man. Mean, like Beyonce, Jay Z. I would have a struggle too if I had to be with Jay Z. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, music specifically, but our backgrounds. We're actually, I'd like to add, we're from very different point of views. We're all from small towns. Yes. Um, Ivan is from the, a very small border town, uh, Presidio, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they have a very small band program. I'm from a small conservative area of Texas outside of Austin. Uh, I'm a transplant here. Nathan's from a small town that's uh, about an hour away from here. But we all had very different kind of upbringings. Um, so Ivan, like, I guess we can start with you. You know, you grew up in a, a musical household. You want to, I don't know, what led you to this path? My first instrument that I played uh, was the drums. And uh, that's when I was like four years old or something, something like that. Like my dad is also a musician. He's a musician. He's in a band. A um, very popular band. I don't know if he wants us to share the name of it, but it is quite possibly the coolest, most renowned. What is it? Technical? Is it a Tejano band? Norteño. 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 Yeah. Like literally whenever people found out who Ivan's dad was. They started like fangirling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Like, uh, suddenly oh, his ops became his friends. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, my dad brought me a, a drum set. Then that was like my main instrument till like sixth grade. That's when I started a band. Chose the saxophone. I didn't really have a choice because like my dad was like, well, I have this like $200 saxophone from one of my friends that's played the <laughs> saxophone. So. Here you go. I already wanted to play the percu- percussion, but uh, it just was just like it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And then they were just like, "I oh, know we have the saxophone," so I was like, "Yeah, fine." Then I always knew um, after graduating high school that I was gonna be my life was gonna be about music. I knew, I like, I knew that. I did, I wasn't sure about. Uh, being a band director that's what I was what I was thinking in middle school and like uh, honestly like in junior junior year of high school then I started realizing like oh my god band directing is awesome uh, one of my band directors or my band directors from all the way from 6th grade to 12th grade really inspired me to be a band director she amazing amazing band director she could play every instrument i was like oh my god i want to do that too and yeah i was felt joy i like i didn't know what else to do like i just knew music uh but then later on i started you know playing basketball and that's something that was uh that's my hobby right now just playing basketball but yeah uh, after I think it was my senior year, that's when I was like, okay, I want to be a band director. And, and Presidio is an interesting situation too, because at least then I know you guys do now, but like there was no marching band, no marching and band whatsoever. Well, yeah. don't you? You guys don't have a football team either, do y'all? Nope. So Nothing. like it, it was, I bet that'd be really awkward to have a marching band, because out yeah. here in Texas, mm-hmm. if you're in a marching band, it's probably because there's a football team. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
most schools don't just rely just, oh, well, we can't wait for a show, a march, you know, the marching band show. It's always, oh, well, it's a halftime show at a football game. And I felt like, wow, like how, how you guys have never had a football team. How we, did that, no. how did that affect like performances for you guys? We had a mar- um, uh, a football team, but that was like in the early 2000s. So, but we were just horrible. So they just like, ouch. Um, <laughs> what's it called? They just uh, terminated the the football program. But um, yeah, until now, I think like two years ago, that's when they started the marching program again. Like, there's no football team, but there's a marching program that actually like do like. So shows you, and stuff, but I wasn't part of it. So you, yeah, I was to say you're not, you weren't a part of that marching band stuff. Then. No. So all but, you had was concert. No, no, we would march in parades and stuff, mm-hmm. but that was just like left, left. Oh yeah. Left, right, left. But that was like until I came here to UTBB yeah. my freshman year. I didn't know nothing about marching band. No, I didn't know nothing about shows and stuff. Then. Uh, I knew, I remembered I missed the first practice. I wasn't in the summer band whatsoever. Oh, wow. I didn't know nothing. Uh, then my first, first day of school, there was marching rehearsal and I didn't, I didn't go. Then I remember the next time we had a marching practice, they were like, oh, uh, we have this extra spot, so you're going to march. Then I, I don't know who taught me, but it was just like 15 minutes. Like, these are the basics of marching. Like, here you go, man. You quickly became, like, one of the best marchers, though. I will say that. Like, oh, I, I wouldn't have even so, guessed that you had never done that before. No. I've never. So, never. have you kept up a lot with, like, Presidio, like, their marching band? How do they do performances? Well, of course, other than contests, do they actually go and do performances just for the general public or how do they do about doing that like they don't i don't think they've had a marching show in Pasadena, but they go to this other small town uh that's like an hour away and uh it's called marfa and oh, the marfa they, lights they, yeah. they they performed and because the marfa is smaller than presidio they do have a football team and they did a show for for the um, for the football team in Marfa because the band program in Marfa is not that big. Mm. There's like twelve people. Oh wow! But um, that's all I know. I my my little brother's in the marching band right now. He's a junior right now. Oh wow! Yeah. Shout out to Alan. Right for real. Alan, he's a saxophone player just like me. He wants to be like his big bubba. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan, what about what about you? What was your what was your upbringing? What was that like? It was apparently it started whenever I was little. Mm-hmm. I've always had some type of music in me, basically. Uh, my parents would always say that I would always have like a favorite song when I was very little, about two, three o'clock, mm-hmm. about three o'clock, three years old. <laughs> three o'clock. He was he was you're getting ready to do music every day. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> Post, please. (laughs) No, but I was about two to three years old. You know, I would take out the pots and pans and do the usual drumming routine. Yeah. But I didn't realize I was into music until I would go to my grandma's and she had this old, old out of tune piano. Mm -hmm. Out of tune. And I figured out that, hey, some notes sound good together and some notes just don't sound good at all. 
I had no sense of, you know, theory or nothing. I was like four, four years old. And I just remember playing an A minor chord. And that was the first thing that happened. A-C-E, brother. It was A-C-E. <laughs> and I just noticed, oh, wow, A-C-E, let me go down the same three. And I just kept on going down. And then I would be this stupid little spectacle of, you know, how a kid is like, oh, play, play the song for your aunt or your uncle. You know, like, <laughs> I'd be that kid. I was like, I just, I just mess around. And I did that. But my first instrument technically would be that piano. Yeah. And then I went to... A guitar right after that so i was about 10 years old yeah i got my first guitar it was too big for me and i went to odessa college to get lessons at 10 years old i did not know this what yeah, i was a third grader getting what? getting lessons and i was like i didn't even know how to play ode to joy or nothing like simple simple things mm-hmm. and my hands were too small for the fretboard so i would go to lessons be nervous because i was like i can't do this I can't do it. And I was like, you know what? I quit. Nah. <laughs> and Bull crap. I quit. I quit guitar for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? No. My parents were like, on second thought, let's get you an electric guitar. So <laughs> It's like, we're going to double our investment. <laughs> and we're going to turn this team around. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they went to Sam's, dude. They had a little like Starcaster beginner's kit. Crappy guitar with terrible action. Like actual frets that would cut my finger open. And then I didn't know the first thing to do, except there was a button that made the thing go boom. So (laughs) (laughs) it was the overdrive. Okay. And then I was like, oh my God, what is this? And this thing had a whammy bar on it. And I did like a little like stupid dive bond on it. Like really, really loud. And my parents were like, shut up. (laughs) But like, actually, we we regret this. I want to return this. But... (laughs) Man, if I would have learned guitar, I don't, even if it was like a $5 guitar, I feel like I'd have so much better luck with women. <laughs> guitar, piano, like those those cats, you know, they know how to they know how to work their way around the playing field. Yeah. But anyway, like I, I know how to play piano, but guitar is just I feel like it's impossible for me. I always like well, we took that my, guitar class. Like we had to take a guitar class. Yeah, but, for a whole semester, I still can't play guitar. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't play <laughs> yeah. guitar to save my life, bro. I I only know four chords. That's it. I mean, the same thing can go for me to like a saxophone. There's no way in hell that I could make a reed go <laughs> and turn it to a note. You know, well, like I know how to do a trumpet. You know, just buzz your lips, and then I cannot for my life will ever be able to play a woodwind instrument. You just gotta yeah. blow, dude. Dude. <laughs> Saxophone is the easiest instrument to learn, but the hardest to master. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's the thing. But continuing. You can do it, bro. You can do it. I want to. I really want to continue and like try to be like, okay, I want to get the saxophone going. I want to buy a saxophone and just learn how to do it. But and like, I tried, I tried, I tried. But back then, okay, I had this little crap guitar. Granted, I was still like 10 years old. Okay. Not even 10. I was younger. I was way younger. I was like seven. Cause I was in third grade. I remember I was yeah, seven yeah. years old and uh, we, I was getting lessons. I got the guitar and I'm like, you know what? I can't make it sound good. So we had this random person from our church who knew how to play guitar, not amazing, but he knew chords and he knew how to play a song. So my first song on that guitar was smoke on the water. 
Smoke. Hey, copyright, copyright, copyright. Copy right <laughs> didn't we used to play that in marching band? Yes. We did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember he introduced me to a little something called drop D tuning. Oh, I see that on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> what is and that? You, standard tuning is E A D G B E. You get your six string, which is the low E, and you tune, tune it down to a D. Mm-hmm. Now you have octaves, so now it's D A D G B E, and then now you can just strum the top three strings on the guitar, and that D will change your life. Yeah, <laughs> and basically you just have an open chord. You have an open D A D, and it creates a chord, a power chord, basically. Yeah. And he taught me how to play "Smoke on the Water" using the the drop D tuning. So after that, yeah, I was I wasn't good. I learned how to play Iron Man by Black Sabbath, and I learned how to play Smoke on the Water. Cool. Classic. So after that came the choice between choir and band, and I was like, dude, you made the right choice, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I went straight to band. <laughs> <laughs> you know, little fact about me though, everybody, every one of y'all know me about trumpet playing. So mm-hmm. what actually happened was I tried out for clarinet for. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be a clarinet player because I, I don't know why I love the sound of clarinet. Um I don't know why I was little. I thought Kenny G was playing a clarinet the whole time, even though it was a saxophone. But, <laughs> but I was like, I wanna be what he's doing. And I was like, I want the clarinet. He's like, yeah. Are you sure? I think that's a sax. <laughs> no, I want a clarinet. So I tried. I couldn't do it, like I said, for the life of me. But then my band director's like you probably have the lips of a trumpet player. Mm. <laughs> Sixth grade. And then he's like, can you put your lips together and make a fart noise? Like that. And then like, okay, can you what make it tighter? What kind of pedagogy is that? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, can you do a buzzing? Can you do it like for long? And I was like, yeah. Like that, whatever. And he said, now do that in the mouthpiece. Mm. And then I became a tr- uh, I started off on a cornet. And then a legend was born. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, I was in band, and I always had an upbringing for band, and I loved band. I loved the fact that we were able to come together and make music. That's one of my favorite things, like the brass ensemble thing that we had. If we could all be individual and just create something just by playing an instrument and making something so beautiful, oh man, that to me was like, I want that. I miss so, it, man. I miss it. Oh yeah, me too. I miss it a lot. Um, just playing with your friends, knowing that you want to make the concert the best concert ever. Yes. Uh, practicing outside of rehearsals and stuff. It's just, I wish people like had that experience, you know? Like it's oh, amazing. It's amazing. There's amazing. so many people that don't understand. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't, don't understand. understand. I hear music and I get chills because I hear the chords that are happening. And I'm like, dude, People came together and created that. They spoke a language unknown to people and made it work. You could speak Spanish. I could be speaking Japanese and Brandon can be freaking Mongolian, whatever. <laughs> and we could all have an instrument and create a language yeah. that we all understand because that's what music was. That's mm-hmm. what it was to me. It was a hidden thing. Of course, I learned like in a little music class, I took my time to learn the scales Mm-hmm. In that class, because everybody would just blow it off or cheat and just not do it. Yeah. Well, like me, I wanted to do it because I could always say hey, I can translate this over to guitar and get better, or I can translate it over to the piano and get better. So I took like those fifth grade little music lessons to heart. Yeah, super complimentary to each other. 
Yeah. See, my my musical upbringing is like very, very like reeled back from what y'all's like. I, I came from a musical family. My mom was a clarinet player uh, in a very small high school, one uh, A high school. My dad was a cornet player for a while. Um, my great grandparents met each other in a band. My great grandmother was a vocalist. My great grandfather was the drummer of the band, which is like really cool history to learn about. But apart from that, like that's it. And yeah. so, and the I weirdest had, thing too, like my family, my immediate family, no musicians, nobody, no musicians. My like my immediate. I'm the only strong like still playing music today in my family my i've had stories that my grandfather played that my great-grandfather on my mom's side played but nobody from my immediate family stuck to music you broke the mold brother yeah. that's i mean man. yeah and i'm still doing it like now and that's even higher level thing. than most people too like yeah. you're a professional whether you want to call yourself that or not like he you've is, got records is. out like you've got eps out there are thousands of people that have listened to your music. That is something you should be proud about. We're going to talk about that here in a minute, but like, dude, that is phenomenal. Like to be able to, to be able to say that. And then, you know, like I don't want to like discount Ivan or anything. Like yeah, Ivan yeah, came no. from a musical family, but to be able to start from scratch, that's super cool, dude. Crazy, man. You're a better musician than me. Oh, don't say that. Like you're not, you and me can come together. We create, this is a stuff. compliment party. No, yeah, <laughs> But, but like, Brandon was, I mean, I feel like we all have our strengths and that's the difference. Yeah. I have more strengths yeah, in right, different right. things. You know, you will have an amazing strength in performance. Yeah. Which I believe, because if I were to go and see your senior recital or hear your, your recitals that you had, I can tell that I can, you used emotion through that performance, you know? Yeah. And I, I loved sitting and seeing y'all's performance. Yeah. Me, I can pluck a string on the guitar and let the performance happen through the string. Yeah, mm. my trumpet, it was harder, but it took a lot more for me to get into the performance, which I feel like y'all have a lot more strength than that for me. Well, I, I only got into band because, um, granted, like, <laughs> when I was a little kid, I had the Brandon show where I had a little karaoke machine, and I'd put on, like, this little, like, performance for my family, or so I've been told. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I was going to do <laughs> I Got a Feeling by Black Eyed Peas for the third grade talent show. And then we moved two weeks before, so I didn't get to like wow the audience with my, my vocal performance. But the only reason why I got into band was because uh, we took the Selmer uh, music test in fifth grade. And lo and behold, I am able to tell if a pitch is higher or lower than the other, more than <laughs> some other people, apparently. And so I got hey, to be... <laughs> that's mostly impressive, because some people in... No, don't mean to like diss the department. But there's some people out there that cannot register that in their head <laughs> and be like, that note is obviously higher yeah. than the yellow one. That's a sharp, not a flat, mm -hmm. or st stuff like that. It's impressive and kind of equally impressive that people don't know that. Yeah. You know? So being able to score, like scoring higher on that test, I got to try out first. And so they allowed us to pick three instruments. I picked percussion because I just knew that the ladies loved <laughs> percussionists. Um <laughs> I picked percussion. I picked trumpet because I was like, every uh, every badass musician that isn't a drummer or a guitar player <laughs> played trumpet. Uh, and then I had to pick a third one. So I was like, oh, trombone because it goes wah, wah. <laughs> and so I tried percussion. I'm a white boy with no rhythm. It was terrible embarrassment. <laughs> they gave me a three on that out of five. And they later told me, I was like, yeah, that was like 
the lowest grade we'd give just so the kids didn't feel bad. So I got a three on percussion, tried, uh, tried trumpet and my lips were too fat. I couldn't, I couldn't get anything out and they're like, Oh, nice try. Wow. Three plus. Three plus. <laughs> and then I found trombone and they're like five plus plus. And so I did band, but band was more of like, um, rather than just like a creative outlet because I'm, y'all might know, know this about me. I'm a very type a person. I wouldn't consider myself a very creative person before. Like now I think I'm a lot more creative in different ways. For sure. Um, but it was more of like um, a departure from life. And I don't want to like get really deep, but you know, I came from a very crappy situation. Um, you know, like um, abuse from a stepfather living on a farm. Um, very, very low socioeconomic kind of level. Like, we had one vehicle for a while. We, we lived off generator power. We lived in a 28 foot camper trailer for two and a half years. Um, it was a very rough life. And I just remember if it meant that I could get away from my chores or being like verbally abused, which God, I did not ex- like, I'm getting chills now. <laughs> oh my God, if it meant yeah. like getting away from that, that time to go walk up the driveway to this like carport we had by the front gate, to go and diddle around on a trombone, then that meant that I was doing something for myself mm-hmm. and not for somebody else or like being, being subjected to that kind of, I don't know, like stuff a kid shouldn't be yeah. kind of subjected to. And, you know, I was told a lot in middle school that I wouldn't have amounted to anybody that I was, I was useless, oh, um, that I would have been cut from the football team because I have no heart and no try. And so I spent a lot of my middle school years trying to like defy those odds. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like I practice every day, six hours, you know, I did my practice logs, but I went up there and I played, you know, Mary had a little lamb and whatever else other people played. Hawker's buns. But it was, yeah, <laughs> it became, it became like that, that extra kind of thing to kind of distract me from life. And so going on a band trip or even playing football then, um, same thing in high school. I really didn't take like the actual getting better at the instrument, like super seriously, but I totally bought into like the atmosphere that like music allows people to like, I don't know, give to a, a cause that's higher than themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me. And so I did the whole, whole thing. I did leadership my, my junior, sophomore, junior year. Um, and then kind of outside of music, I did this PALS program, which is, um, it's like a peer assistance leadership group. Um, where basically every day of the week I would go to a different campus and I'd have another PAL, uh, kids that were also going through like family struggles, um, that weren't doing good grades. And I would like mentor them. And when I realized that like, man, I love being able to coach up these young people uh, and be a support system for them, but also get to do what I love to do, which is music. Like, man, I've got it made in the shade. And I, no. I kind of like, I think I mentioned this in my last episode, but I, I went against the grain. Like I, I was very, very good academically. I could have gone any direction. I wanted to be an engineer for a while. I wanted to be a doctor, uh, wanted to be a lawyer. But when I realized that I felt called to do something different, which was to teach music and to kind of foster the same sense of like home or like support or even just an escape from life in band. I was like, 
hell yes. Like mm-hmm. that's that's something I want to try. And uh, so I got better at trombone. I will say, like made the region did. band, made area band. My sophomore through through senior year didn't, wasn't an all stater. Went to a small school, which is unfortunate. Um, I did. But <laughs> curse you. Uh, you know, I, I think I had decent chances my senior year. I got braces two weeks oh, before no. the auditions. But you know what? Gosh. So <laughs> I got braces, had to like completely relearn the instrument in a sense in like two weeks. I'm flipping out. Yeah. I The year before, I got third chair in the symphonic band, which is the top band in our region. Um, my senior year, after like right after I got braces, I got fourth chair or third chair in the concert band. And I was like, dang it. But somehow, some way, just because of how they allocate seats to the area band, mm-hmm. I made it. And I actually scored one or two chairs higher at the area auditions. Wow. wow. <sighs> Curse braces. But anyway, I decided I was going to do it for a career. Wanted to at least try it out in college, especially with the notion that I could go to law school or medical school um, with a different bachelor's degree. Um, and here I am. Man, three very different upbringings. Right. You could have gone like, I, anywhere, bro. Oh, yeah. Isn't like Smithfield close to Austin? Or yes. something like that? Smithfield's about 45 minutes out of Austin. I had applied to, you know, I had I had like two of the Infinity Stones. One of them being a poor kid <laughs> uh, with no money. Uh, the other one being a, a fortunately very smart kid. I was like third in my, my graduating class. What? And so I got to apply to all these different schools. One... Um, without having to pay an application fee, but two, without having to worry um, about not getting into at least a public school because they got that like top 10% rule. I applied to 14 different schools, what? UT Austin, UNT. Wow. And for the music thing, I, I did less of those. I'll tell you guys uh, uh, maybe on another episode about my UNT experience because I, I didn't know imagine what that. that was. Crap myself in that audition. No, but <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like the, the things you were saying though about the whole music outlet Oh man, that's real. I, I felt that, and I know you guys feel that too. Yes. Like even now, yes. Now I, in high school, man, I didn't care about anything, man, except for like my senior year. That's when I was like, oh, you need to practice to get better. Like, <laughs> but before that, I, I wasn't like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just play. Like yeah. in my sophomore year, I, I tried to my first time trying for the all region stuff, and obviously I didn't make it. Like. The my band director Ash she should was like you can't even play this like don't even go there I was like yeah like I was I was like what but um, my junior still I wasn't like okay I practiced a little bit a little bit more but then my senior that's when okay like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna practice and but right now I feel like the musical outlet like it just distracts you from your struggles from life yeah well and let's let's talk about let's talk about nate's band because i know that's like outside of high school music that is like a passion project of yours and so you've got two different avenues yes you've got your your metal band that you play guitar for uh within ophir you do a lot of the producing and writing for that as well Uh, but you've also started like the solo kind of um spanish style guitar like solo that's actually a funny story because yeah. everybody knows that I wanted to do just play guitar in a band. Mm-hmm. You know, Guitar Hero was such a big influence on me. It was like, you know, I want to play in a band. Okay, I was so <laughs> little. And I'd find every excuse to be like, yo, you want to jam? 
you want to go jam real quick? Yeah. Let's find something to do. Let's jam out. But it was kind of one of those dreams where I was like, you know what? It's probably not going to happen. And. Oh, somebody, somebody out there got a big old engine in their car. (laughs) Got a little beepy too, though. (laughs) (laughs) But um, what's it called? Within Ophir, like you said, it was a passion project because we got a group of guys who finally like just decided to take it as serious as me mm-hmm. and just created something that we all wanted. And it was yeah. the hardest thing because I would go and nobody would want it as much as me. And so I did my solo project before it was that Spanish guitarra mm-hmm. or guitarra mexicana. That's what it's called. Um, I was actually just learning how to produce and I would treat that as my demo release kind of thing. Your little sandbox to like try yeah. some different things out. And before within Ophir even started, I started producing my little thing. I had a crappy little amp. Not little. It was a it was a pretty decent little amp. But it had the option to plug in to an interface. And I got on GarageBand. I was like, you know what? Cool. So I got the crappiest, crappiest sounding drums, whatever. But I still made it happen. I still mm. made it happen. And I still released, I think I released almost 35 original songs that Holy didn't cow, that didn't make it into within Ophir. So I would just sit there and have just a creative overload. Like you said, my outlet. I yeah. would just sit there for two hours and I would create a song. And I would get these offers from people who were producers and be like, dude, you're doing this under two hours. How old were you? I started... I wasn't okay. I didn't even get into producing till 2017. I just came back from like San Antonio. Six years ago, dude. That's yeah. like a lot. Wow. I um I went to school UTSA, and I was a music performance major, and I hated it. Like I told you guys, what happened? I would go. I mean, I would love the marching band aspect, but it was just tantalizing to go to my private lesson because my private lesson teacher was like, "Yo, you ever run a marathon?" Oh my because God. I think you need to lose some weight because you oh, need geez. because you that you can't be doing this while you're you know playing trumpet. You need to expand your lungs. You need to be a little more in shape to be screw able to you. And I was like, what, dude? You gotta be. But kidding. he was like, I, I would have said something can, back. Probably like, not. I know you could probably throw me across a room and stuff. But I was like, I just I feel like you need to do that. And I was like, you know, I'm not happy. So <laughs> that outlet slowly just came out of me. So I didn't even do anything with music for the longest time. I stopped playing guitar. I stopped playing anything other than, you know, music on my phone. Basically, I didn't even play anything. And I, when I came back, I started doing Kines that 2017. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I need to save up, get myself another guitar, and just sit down. Don't care what that guy said to me. And start doing things. And, well, it, I mean, it just started off, and I would produce. And it would happen, and... That Nathan Kiros thing just became like a thing for demos. And, you know, that's what I wanted to have my outlet. I wanted to let other people listen. And I wanted to share that, hey, I'm doing this. This is my product. Just like the BLT podcast, dude. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, like, Mm -hmm. I I wanted that feeling of being like, this is what I made. I'm proud of what I made. Listen to it. Cool. And a lot of people liked it. You know, I was at UTBB and people would hear me. It's like, oh, I heard your EP. It sounds really good. I heard your singles. I'm really, cool. thank you. You know, these are yeah. just demos. And then it didn't even start at a, within Ophir didn't even start until I believe 
I met my first guitarist when I was in high school still, but we didn't talk for the longest time after that. Mm-hmm. So it was about maybe 2018, almost 2019 when we finally said, Hey, let's get together and jam. I haven't seen you in this amount of years. You know, I think it was a sophomore and he's like, you know what? I have an idea. I've seen you've been posting your stuff. I've seen you've been posting a lot of stuff like on Instagram and Spotify and stuff like that. Come through and let's try to make things happen. So I didn't start doing the, the Guitarra Mexicana until like this year because I was like, you know what? I want to venture my genre from something just different from metal. I was always yeah. metal, you know, and I was like, I want to try something different. Well, and I've, I've got I've got some songs pulled up here. I wanted to at least listen to the beginning of them uh, just to kind of like, you know, show people. So your metal band is called Within Ophir, but it's yes. O-P-H. I R within yes. Ophir. Funny story, by the way, just before you play Ophir, we didn't know it was a religious place. <laughs> like apparently it was a place in the Bible where it was almost like Babylon, but not really like Babylon. Really? Yeah. People like went and traded gold. There was a very rich city, this and that. And every time you look up our name, something always pops up about that. <laughs> so it was like, Oh my God. So where the actual Ophir came from was, this chasm it's a grand canyon on mars yeah yeah so one of our buddies was like how about we put just ophir and then the other buddy was like how about within the ophir and we all finally agreed on okay how about instead of within the ophir it's within ophir and Dude, we kept it's such it. a cool name but yeah that door that door creaking ivan's <laughs> taking a bathroom break um but yeah i'm just real quick really really cool for you guys to do you guys Started booking your first gigs last year. Went to those. There's very highly attended, actually. Yeah, we did a couple very, of festivals. Very surprised by that. But yeah. we, we were loved, and we, we really loved that people supported us for that. And this, this one is called Ataraxia. We can listen to a little bit here. I don't know if uh, any, any of our listeners here are like mega, mega metal fans. I would say that I'm, I'm probably not, but whenever I heard these, I was like, it's hard not to appreciate like some of the work that goes into this so ataraxia what is that ataraxia is a state of calmness and yes ataraxia just came to us after a rehearsal and it just happened we just didn't even record it was riff after riff after riff drum came through basses played what we played we all had a riff to it and then it became what it is and right now, it's our top charted song. Yeah, this was actually the first song I ever heard of y'all. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as someone that's... My older brother is in the middle. Uh, as someone that doesn't really understand, like, I'm like, oh, I don't know what the, uh, the lyrics mean. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you feel what the vibe of the song. Like, you can tell, like... This song actually has a really dark story to the lyrics. That's what I feel. And a really dark feeling, of course, for Adoraxi in general. So, I'll go into detail about what that is once you are ready. I can, I can fade out a little bit if you want to talk about it. So, Adoraxia, it actually is. It is a state of calmness. I believe that's the definition of it. Um, Adoraxia was kind of a birth from the struggles that Within Ophir was having in the beginning. So we would have struggles of getting people to rehearsal, 
getting mm. people to join our band, getting people to start. And of course, the biggest struggle was with our vocalist. He, of course, I love him to death. He's changed so much. But I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was it was a tough thing for him. He was going through a lot and he was undergoing an addiction from drugs. And it was to the point where he wouldn't, you know, hit us up to jam anymore. He wouldn't talk to us. He would miss our calls, but then he would call like a week later, ready to come back. And then he would have these moments where he would just shut off again and then go back into whatever he was feeling and just, you know, took himself away from everything. Mm. So when things finally cleared up for us and we started getting together and we just became real serious about what we wanted to do with the band, we're like, what lyrics do you have for this song? And he came out with Anoraxia's lyrics and it's it's a really really heart spoken song based on what my vocalist went through. Okay, a lot mm-hmm. of people can kind of have different struggles, but it's basically what he was going through. Okay, said even in the first word it says isolation, a detrimental process. Okay, so the very Ooh. beginning of it is <laughs> basically saying okay, like he is separating himself like from the people that he loved, including us, and it was a detrimental process because he couldn't make himself want to go even though he wanted to and he was relying on the drugs rather than relying on anything else Holy to actually push crap. himself so there's a lot of meaning behind those screaming voices i mean i hear this all the time what are you listening to it's it's just, it's just devil just, music it, it, you're just screaming they're just screaming you know, like no like you have to like listen I, I even tell people like you're just ignorant because you're not focusing on yeah. what the true meaning is Yep. And you would have never known until I would have sat down here and told you, Your this is what it's about. The style of Within No Fear is so unique. It's not like every metal band that's out there. It's just super unique. You can tell like if that's a Within No Fear song. Like you can easily tell. I would and agree with that. Like there's there's like so much like like even some of your other songs where there's like a refrain that's like sung versus like in in the scream style. I don't even know what what the, the technical term is, but it's just like, there was actual artistry happening here. Mm-hmm. It's just different from the conventional means. <laughs> and you know what's a really ongoing joke for Within Ophir? Is apparently I knew music theory, and they didn't. So they would always <laughs> they would always make fun of me. We would always have like stuff that just didn't make sense, right? There was always riffs that was like, nah, I don't think that works. And they're like, oh, it's, here's Nathan it's with musical. It's, here's his music theory license. And like, watch out, everybody. We got a badass here. <laughs> but that's the thing. I was like, dude, I just hear it. It doesn't sound good, you know? And even then, I've become less of a, I, I don't want to say it, but it's like a tight ass mm-hmm. over, you know, being so particular about certain things. Yeah, and Chris, our new guitarist, really got that out of me because he—I mean—he is amazing. He's mm. better than me. Okay, but we come together and we just create art. Okay, yeah. so if you were to hear the difference between Adoraxia, which were the original members, okay, I was—I was a part of the original members. Our vocalist Richard, he is an original member as well, and Edwin was actually our second drummer mm-hmm. that we tried on. And we're the only original members right now. Our bassist, no longer in it. The guitarist who quit. Rock and roll life. Right before we released an EP, which for personal reasons, you know, like we understand. But like it was a struggle for us a little bit. 
Mm. So ataraxia was a staple for our career because people enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. People heard it and people were saying, hey, it's like a throwback to like the OG metal stuff back in the day. Yeah. And but with our twist, because we always have that twist. That's what y'all were saying. Yeah. Like yeah, it sounds very something distinct. different. There is a twist, bro. And there's interviews that I was, you know, ex- like explaining this is like, I don't want to be stuck in a genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I've explained to people that like within no fear is a genre. We don't want to be stuck inside of like a subgenre. Yeah. We're not like anything. Like we want to play what we want to play because that's what we want to do. Preach. And Preach. you know, if you were to hear at Araxia and then a couple, not even like a year or two later, we released Astray. Yeah, and that was actually I wanted to play that a little bit too. So hear the difference between same people, but this is what we wanted to do after that. Especially that like refrain comes in here in a little bit like oh this is our most experimental thing at the time and we're like we're digging it <laughs> so right here we finally get the piece of it. This is the first song I heard from y'all that I was like, this is something that I could listen to just in general, just because like, one, like I'm not just saying like, oh, they finally do some clean singing that I can understand, but like, I don't know. But also right here, we love to mess with meter. We went from 4-4 to 9-4. That's the And then of course the harmony. And you guys actually released this not long after we had first gotten to know each other, right? Yeah, it was actually a YouTube B when we released the entire BB. Oh. And I watched like a whole countdown like video yes, on yes. YouTube. We had a whole we had a whole lyric. We video. had like a little uh, like watch party thing when it released. Just that in of itself, like that was super cool. But yeah, like it was it was one of those experimental things. In the very end of the song, we had a very nice harmony that we were like, what was that? When did that ever like even happen? How do we create that? And I'm so proud of the ending. We put horns and we put orchestra. Just take a listen. In the outro. So, and it ends just like, just as 
serene. It's mellow, yeah. So, of course, we had another theme, astray, of course. But, you know, you led yourself astray. We were still undergoing those problems. And we felt very passionate. And I came into the studio with my boy, uh, the other guitarist. Um, and we just started messing around. He had some weird riffs. And I was like, let's change this to that and then make it fit to a it meter. And we turned it into something. And that song, other than the straight, was also on top of the charts for the longest time. Mm. And people always loved. And that's what we started to like notice. Hey, people like him when we start doing more clean singing. Mm-hmm. So we started keeping that as a theme. We started experimenting, and <laughs> the weirdest thing, we released the EP right after. Yep. Miss Got uh, what? Well, no, no, Principium. Mm-hmm. Principium. We released right after, and we started losing members of the band, just due to personal reasons. You know, work was getting in the way, family was getting in the way. Of course, it takes a lot. At that point, the band wasn't just being a jam session. It was okay. Now it's time to treat it like a little bit of a business because we're now having to handle, you know, all the royalties from, you know, our music on Spotify and stuff like that. People are liking what we're releasing and they're going to be. There's, That's there's a motorcycle, a, y'all. There's another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it'll probably get like <laughs> taken away in post, but. At least us as a trio kind of had a fun moment there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, a lot of pe- you know, people were leaving, and it was a struggle for a little bit because we had to make it a business. Yeah, People enjoyed what we were putting out. We cannot disappoint. We can't just stop being with no fear. And it was on top of our heads for a little bit. Like, okay, how are we going to do this? Mm. And then by luck, somehow, some way, uh, our drummer, Edwin, he – uh. Just, you know, like, you know what? The jamming started to dwindle down. We weren't getting together anymore. We weren't practicing. We weren't rehearsing. We weren't, we weren't doing anything. So I just got a phone call saying, hey, come to, you know, my house. I got somebody who's over here playing guitar, and I just, you know, wanted to invite you. And I was really close to saying no because I was really busy, but I was like, you know what? I haven't played guitar with another you person. You needed that, uh, that, uh- I don't know, that little social release. Yeah, like. and I was like, you know what? I could do that. I, I would, I'd like to do it. And then I brought my rig over there. It was just in a garage, you know, dusty as hell. But we made it work, and we find out that, hey, this guy's really good. Now, it was outside of the genre of Within All Fear. And I was like, you know what? Cool. I'll go into whatever he's doing. We'll write a song. So we wrote a whole song that Around day. this dude. On the spot? On the spot. We wrote a song. Whoa. And we were like, you know what? Let's create a new band. Because, like, within Ophir is kind of dwindling down, let's just start a new band. And we're like, okay, we'll find a new vocalist, we'll find another bassist, this and that. And then, like, cool. And then time started to happen. As soon as I got the text message and as soon as we released the EP for a date, I texted our, my boy Chris up, who's now the other guitarist, and said, hey, you want to be in a band? I was like, you know what? Let's not start this other band, but just come on to Within Ophir. We already have music out. We already have, you know, EP. Uh, why reinvent the wheel? Like, exactly. you've already got like, something set up there. Come over here and we can start creating more from what we got. You know, we don't have to stick to what we got because he's obviously a different style than I am. And we created music that was just crazy good. He, he kind of had this idea of like, I don't want to change what we have already, which is why the coordinate sounds the way it is. So the coordinate also released... I believe last year, mm-hmm. um, 
we played a show as soon as that released, like a day after. And the coordinate was supposed to be this this song basically to like, hey, we're back on it. You know, we kind of took a break. We got new people. We're now a four-piece band. Let's just continue. This is like proof right here that we want to continue doing what we want to do. And this was the staple for the new within a group. And this this video that y'all put out with it is so cool. Uh, y'all, this is like stuff you can find on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, and I know, I understand like a lot of people like metal isn't like something that is for everybody. But you know, just like trying it out, or if it is your thing, like definitely check these dudes out. Like, but even if like you just like music, like you just check it out. You know? it's, you'll learn something from it. You definitely learn something. Yeah. And the weirdest thing is, I had to teach Chris all the new songs, all of the like old, very songs. quick turnaround. He in a week got all of our songs done. And I had to explain to people who don't like metal, I mean, like, it's music. Whether you like it or not, it's not just screaming. There's thought and there's soul behind it. You know, the dissonance that happens is there for a reason. The scale that we use is there for a reason. The melodies and harmonies are there for a reason, just like any other song. And just these people that just need to be like, okay, let's give it a chance. It's just something different, you know? And I, I just want to I want to kind of pivot now just to kind of like show the uh, the dichotomy of like what your guys' style is or what your style is yeah. like going to but El real, Camino now real quick oh yeah yeah because yeah. even then we finally we dove deep into what Within Ophir wanted to be so we were very very fortunate to get a feature from Michael Barr oh yeah 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 okay. uh, reminisce of, right yes of volumes. Volumes is this band that I grew up with. Okay, it was this crazy feeling that I had on my DAW, which is my digital, you know, Logic Pro, whatever, the voice of Michael Barr with this song. This song was written on a couch inside of, of our vocalist's house, Richard's house, on my little laptop. And then we sent it out to Michael Barr. He came back. I got to mess around with his vocals, sent it out to get produced, and reminisce is like now the actual sound of what we believe within Ophir should be. So we're very thankful that we have Chris, we have Richard. Shout out to Christopher Herb from Neon Graves in Amarillo for producing our music and always sticking to our stuff. And yeah, reminisce is honestly the top on our chart right now, other than other acts. This like, music is so introspective. That's what I think is the, the coolest part. It's like, you know, the song I hate most is Pharrell Williams' Happy. Because I'm happy. Like, that. Like, there's certainly times when you're happy, like, that exists. But, like, the most human emotions and those feelings, feeling like you're lost, you know, you're thinking about the past. 
And that's what you know, song is you're about. having a wandering mind. Like that's I'm looking at the lyrics here, like you're you're finding things that are buried within yourself. Holy crap, dude. And right there, yeah, that that last little part that you played was like a nuisance. A wand, the wandering mind is just a nuisance, if you think about it. It is. You reminisce and past things that you have no control over, you know, exes, deaths in family, deaths in friendship, even if it's good or bad, you know, you will always have that wandering mind. And I always even teach my students, like, your thoughts are probably your worst enemy. If you were to be Amen. by yourself yeah. with your thoughts, that is the worst place to be with, especially if you're down. Yes. Okay. Like I teach my kids these things and they understand now. Like I, I was going over a lot of these mental health things and like, this is just as important as physical health. Mm-hmm. And I got to tie in a lot of reminisces. You I, know. I like how every song has a story. Yeah. Like, it has a story behind it. Not just like, oh my God, yeah, we just there was this day and stuff no no it has like a story like it's pretty deep and so it was inspired by something yes yeah mm-hmm. and, and then our newest ep is just like that it's yeah. always this inspired or inspiration of what we had and it just we named it furtherance just because of we were thinking about the different habits that we have you know when we're depressed when we're sad if we went through loss, you always go through these different habits. You know, loss, you end up having moments where you're down. You end up having moments where you think, yeah, it didn't happen. Or you just have to get over it. And I believe reminisce, the, the fact that we have it kind of in the middle makes more sense. Because if we go down the line, cold domain is something that's uh, a little more on the sad side, you know. Mm-hmm. You feel like you got separated. You feel like in, you're in this domain, in the cold. You're left in the cold. It has a lot more meaning. And then, of course, you go into Lion's Den, which has a little more anger. Reminisce is very much about, like you said, that wandering mind. Veilbreaker is just angry. There's a lot of different emotions that we have and ideas that we have when it comes into creating art, which is our albums, our EPs, yeah. and stuff like that. Well, yeah, if you're if you're even remotely interested in trying something different, like within Ophir, definitely worth it. Again, it's O-P-H-I-R for the Ophir part. Um, and here, just like real quick, Dunas Blancas was featured on our last podcast as the mm-hmm. outro music. Yes. This is uh, El Camino. And uh, you, before we talked about this, you were kind of just telling us how this had a little bit of a deeper kind of uh, yeah, uh, for your solo for your solo act anyway. Yeah, for my solo stuff, I mean, El Camino just came about because I was driving from San Antonio and back. I had no air conditioning in my car. <laughs> Been there, dude. Okay. So I'm just no radio because I was just so mad that I didn't have any air conditioning. I was this hot. And I kind of settled down and I sat at a rest area and I was like, you know, I got to have this love for what I do because no matter what i still love to drive i love the drives i go out for cruises i love the drive from san antonio if i could drive across the country i would it's just like i'm thinking about that el camino the reason why you know started off with that truck which i recorded myself outside in a car was just that i have this love for driving and 
the respect for, you know, driving itself. Long road trips, short road trips, the trip from here to see y'all, the trip to go and see somebody five hours away. It's There's always this love behind it for me. And I was like, I want to write a nice song that kind of reflects the feeling of just taking a nice, peaceful drive somewhere. Well, isn't that like 90% of what we do when we drive is reflect yeah. on yeah. our day, mm-hmm. on our life, like whatever bull crap is going on. Like, It's a very sacred time that I think is overlooked a lot, it is. You know, especially when we're alone. Because like, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You choose your music you want to listen to if you want to listen to nothing. Yeah. Okay? Like, I love that it's very corny. But I remember seeing this on Instagram where it says, your car has felt more of your emotions than anybody else has. What? You know. Well, you spend more time with your car a lot of, yeah. like, depending on your situation than, like. Your steering wheel has felt the pain. Okay? Your exhaust screams whenever you can't. Holy the gas pedal is just like this release whenever you have nothing to release. That's what I remember seeing. And I oh have this God. love for driving and cars. And that's where it really, really, you know, came from. Bars. And I that. thought Francisco's uh, Revenge is a Fool's Errand from last week was like the most quote worthy thing. But holy crap. Dude. Bars. And that's El Camino right there. You're spitter right now, bro. And I really do appreciate you Bars, playing man. this. It's just Bars. it's just those things where I sit down and take maybe two hours out of my day to record a song, and I come up with something like that. I just have a couple microphones yeah. and have a couple plugins, and I just create stuff that just comes from the heart. Well, that's uh, that's from Nathan Kiros. Uh, that's also that's a separate entity than um, uh, Within Ophir. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Music too. Uh, Kiros is Q-U-I-R-O-Z You can check that out Um, Like I said Nathan's going to be Very regularly featured on our On our podcast just because we we love his music So much like I said the intro It could be provided by him thank you very much for Like even just sharing that story like even As one of uh, my Closest homies like I I did not Know a lot of that stuff and so Thank you for sharing that. Like yeah, and thank you for dude. letting me have you know the outlet to be able yeah. to share it. You know, dude, you can share this with you know your family. It's yeah. like someday, like or even just have this memory. Uh, like I said, this this project. No offense to our listeners, if there is any, um, this is for us. You know, and I think that's there's so many people that try and farm out podcasts. Like, oh, let's talk about self help. Let's talk about. Um, pr- productivity. Let's talk about how to how to you know earn your first million dollars, and that's all well and good. But there there's so many people that try and commercialize, yeah, speaking mm-hmm. to other people. And I'm not gonna go on a, a soapbox as little as possible here, but people forget that the most important thing that we can do as humans is just interact with other people yes. and share our stories and listen. Um, and, and, you know, even, even, you know, just shooting the bull, you this know, is, this is therapy. Yeah. Exactly. Therapy, man. This can, this can be therapy. Just talking about your emotions and stuff. It's, it's something special, man. It's, it's special. Yeah. And, and speaking of therapy, uh, I've got a, I've got to depart for just a second here. Um, but you guys are two new teachers. You're starting a new career. There's so much going on in the world. 
talk about what you do outside of your job, outside of music. I don't even want to talk about music anymore because it's, it's not just a music podcast, but like, mm-hmm. you know, your interests and, um, I don't know the struggles that you guys have and, and all that stuff. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of my main hobbies, the, do you want us to wait or do you want us to go ahead? Delete that and post it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I like to do is just play basketball. Um, I don't play as much right now because obviously um, this is my first year teaching and I have a lot of stuff to do. But Oh, yeah. You're um, very good at basketball, by the way. <laughs> thanks, I would never, thanks, ever try to ever try to get on with you, dog. Because for <laughs> real, you, I remember it was me, you, and Frankie. Mm-hmm. And we went to your place and you schooled yeah. us, schooled <laughs> us. Okay. It's like, you know, your spot, you know, your shot. It's insane how well, you know, how to just make a basket. I, I have yeah. such the flattest shot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I started playing basketball when, when I was in middle school, um, I didn't, didn't really have the passion back then. Um, I was just the B team, you know, just didn't score that much. Uh, I quit basketball in my sophomore year because I was like, well, I don't really like 6 a.m. practices, so I like to sleep a lot. So um, I just quit. Then after that, uh, my friends from high school, um, we would just go to the YMCA after school, play for like three straight hours with uh with other friends or with other people from the high school even uh most of the basketball players that were in the team um for two years for two years we just played basketball and that's how i got really comfortable with it i loved it so much um then yeah i just carried it through college um uh started getting pretty good at it i'm not amazing but um, just by the way, if you heard that, that was uh, Brandon opening up a bottle with his what was it, Book of Mormon? That's my doorbell. Doorbell, <laughs> freaking <laughs> bottle opener. But yeah, uh, basketball. But right now, what I'm doing is I'm going to the gym every day. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to the gym. I love it. I don't know what happened, but. Um, in the summer, I spent like a month in L.A. Then when I came back, for some reason, something changed. And I was all right. I'm going to go to the gym every single day. Then I'm, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I also watch movies. I watch TV shows. You know, that's just my you're relaxing. Also a gamer, too, because you're waiting for a special game to release pretty soon. Yeah, huh? Spider-Man 2. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to grind it. <laughs> Uh, but I don't really play that much, uh, like games, um, until Friday. That's when I'm gonna play a lot. But, um, there's been like three months periods where I I don't play or do that stuff. But yeah, first year teaching, it's, it's been great. I love my students. Um, yeah, it's Retweet. been a, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. I'm still learning, um, which is surprising. I'm, yeah, I'm still learning a lot. All of the stuff that I learned in, um, in, in college, uh, I use it, but there's some things that 
you don't really get to learn in college that you just have to realize and oh yeah um teaching itself is a learning experience yes, yes because you won't even be taught you learn something every new as a teacher every even though you're the one day. supposed to be teaching yeah mm-hmm. you learn yep. something every yeah every day it's not always about music it's talking how to talk to students how to plan yes oh my god how gosh. to plan um like you won't you want to teach stuff but if you don't love your students it's not going to go through them you know yeah you and need I mean, to, it doesn't even matter what subject you are you have to love what you do in order to do it yeah no you, matter what you need to care mm-hmm. for your students man um yeah uh, i mean kind of on that little trope though i mean i wasn't prepared to teach social studies i wasn't prepared to teach reading you know i graduated as a kinesiology major kinesiology is the study of the human body i was okay it was you know doing health but they offered me a job and said hey are you going to be able to do reading and health and then something happened with my knee that I was coaching as well. And I ended up with a torn meniscus and arthritis in my left knee. And I had to unfortunately stop coaching because of that. Mm. My, my knee would get, I would get home with the knee the size of a softball. They won't you like roll around with like one of those like bionic like wheelchairs. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> turf field. Get on, get, do that up down boy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a gasser. <laughs> <You know? laughs> No, but that that's the thing. I was like, oh, I had to quit, and I was very, very upset. I stood at my computer with an email to my AD, my athletic director, for like 30 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour, mm-hmm. of just staring at the email with my mouse over the send button, of like explaining to me, like or explaining to him what I needed to do or what was going on, you mm-hmm. know. And why I had to quit. And I was like, the hardest thing for me to do was because I had connections with my students and athletes. They knew me as Coach Q. And they still call me Coach Q, even though I don't really coach. I coach them in the classroom, but I can't go into the field. I can't do travel with them in games anymore. But yeah, it was just this really hard thing because I had this connection with those athletes. And I, I wasn't there really just to win games. I wanted to make sure they grew up to be respectful yes. and ideal yes. young men. That's what I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure. I would always have these connections like, hey, Amen. you know, somebody got into a fight or something. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. And it'd be like over a girl. And I was like, over a girl? Why? <laughs> why? And yeah. they, they, they yeah. open their eyes and they're like, wow, you're right. There's or they so would just more have life. Those, they just have more like those deep connections where they can go to Coach Q and talk. I don't, I, like my students, I don't, uh, my goal is not to be like, okay, I want you to be like a master in saxophone or master in flute. I want them to uh, be part of something special. I want them to feel what it means to make uh, music and all that good stuff. And also like just being respectful yeah. to each other. And you just want to make sure. Teaching them life lessons. Yeah. They, yeah. You make sure they're growing to be just leaders. Yes, yeah. yes. Because mm-hmm. every person I believe in this room is a leader somehow in their own way. You've led ensembles, you've led a class, you've led your friends in a friendship. You know, you can stand up and be a leader if you truly want to be. And that's what you have to teach these kids. Anybody can be a leader. 
that's mm-hmm. that's not a part of a curriculum either. And that's the hardest thing that some people have to understand is that you have to understand it's not going to be on a curriculum. You cannot just be on a PowerPoint how to be a leader. You're never going to be ready. You're you know, nev- you're never going to be ready to be a leader. Never. But you have to somehow teach these kids that some things are good, some things are bad. You have to be able to conquer the good, and you have to get over the bad to get to the good. Well, yes. And I think that so many people think that leadership is such a conventional idea. Like, yeah. there's one person that gets out in front of the team, and they lead them to victory. No. You know, like, they take them there, they carry the whole team on their back. No. But, like, leadership is such a different concept. Like, there's this picture I love you know I did this uh, I taught this leadership seminar a couple years back and it was like this picture of a wolf pack mm-hmm. and maybe maybe the people listening to this don't know but like the alpha male the leader of the, the pack does not isn't the trailblazer it's not in the front it is behind the older and sick and the younger pups the younger wolves in the very back they lead yes. from the rear and so, um, you know, some people are like, oh, to be a good leader, you have to be well-spoken. You have to have the loudest voice. No you have way. to be the most intelligent. But leadership, all leadership is, is somebody that's willing to do the dirty work. Yes. And to yes. maybe put, put their self on the line. And mm-hmm. man, I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but one of my cooperating teachers was talking to one of our, our um, seventh and eighth grade classes about bravery. You know, like... Uh, you know, what, what, what is bravery? Oh, not being afraid to do something <clears throat> wrong. Mm-hmm. Bravery isn't the absence of fear. Bravery is that decision to do something, even though you're afraid of doing it. Yes. And that man, that quote alone, you know, even myself, you would ask me what bravery is. It's like, Oh, it's like Superman. Like you just, you're, you're super powerful. You can do whatever you want to do because you're just brave and you just forget about the fear. No. Bravery, leadership, they all tie together. Like it's literally just the ability to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation to help the other people get to where they need to be. And that's what the, the, the coolest thing about teaching is. And I don't even know if I have the right to call in my students because I'm, you know, I'm just a student teacher. I mean, you're still, I mean, a student no, teacher is still no. a teacher. Yeah, yeah. You, you have no, students, like, You're man. still you, teaching. And it's just like, Those are your students. of course, my goal, at least in the meantime, like at high school, we've got a competition show we're working on. We've got we've to get the product good. We want to make them good musicians. Uh, at the middle school, they're still developing on their instruments. They've got to be, be better players and all this stuff. But at the end, like my leadership style is one, they're having a good time while doing it and they're realizing all the intangibles of that teaching. But at the same time, if I can help them be better people, that's it. Yeah. Like that's literally the bottom line. You don't have to be the next, gosh, I'm going, I'm going way off. You don't have to be the next like Big Nelson fan. Mandela. No, oh, yeah. You don't have to be, you know, whoever you don't have to be the next Martin Luther King. You don't have to be, the next Iggy Azalea. Like <laughs> you don't have to be these like big people in the limelight, you know, being recognized for your work. As long as they realize one, they're passionate about something two, that. They're able to find the answers to develop themselves to, I don't know, to find a, what, like what they're passionate about, yes. but two, like how to get better at that and help, how to help other people. And then just overall, like how to be good humans Yes, and how Jesus. to survive. Like, 
Yes. Mental health. And the thing is, too, is a lot of people mm. think you have to be vocal to be a leader. Nope. nope. Lead by example. Like Ivan. Lead by example. Lead yeah. by example. I'm going to call Ivan out right now. Like Ivan, he's one of the quietest people I know. Yeah. But he's one of the most solid leaders because exactly lead by example. Like, dude, that is your whole that's your whole gig, dude. You're in the practice room. Yeah. Three or four hours a day when everyone else is playing hacky sack in the lounge yeah. at the music building. I, man, I know. Uh, th- thank you for the compliment. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. I'll take, my, I, I'll take my money later. <laughs> like, I'm always like, all right, there's someone that is working harder than you. And I was like, no, like, I'm a, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. So my fellow saxophone players and my fellow band members can follow through and you know i would help frankie out i'm like dude are you practicing mm-hmm. are you practicing i don't know how many and times i heard you say that are you practicing mm-hmm. why aren't you practicing are you pra- like um yeah i just uh just, you you like, just lead by example you mm-hmm. anytime i walked in to the music building you're in a practice room I have to knock and be like, hey, yo, what's up? And dap you up. And then, of course, leave you to do whatever you're doing. But you were always practicing. You were always ready for your rehearsals. You were always dressed correctly. You knew proper etiquette on how to do things. And you, even though you didn't know it, were still Mm. leading by that example and showing, hey, this is how it's supposed to be. If they saw you do it, they make themselves feel bad for knowing Damn mm-hmm. well, they should be doing what you're doing. There, man, I don't want to call no one out, but there's some <laughs> man. There's there's some people in the music department that don't deserve to be there, man. Like they're just there just to have fun and like, oh, uh, what happens happens. Then they have a a bad bad concert and they're like, but well, what happened? Was well, because you didn't practice, yeah, man. Exactly. They and just like, expected it to happen. I had to make sacrifices. Like there were all like people always tell me, "Hey, let's hang out. Let's go to let's go. Let's go to eat. Or let's something. go out to eat." But I was like, "That's oh, the other thing. Man, I sacrifice. Can't. Yes, I can't man. I can't because I like how. Also, um, I'm sorry. I just I like how we were going from like outside of activities outside of school. We went straight to like a leadership. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's important. Yeah. Like no, it, 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 screw it's screw important. the outline that we yeah. had put up on the TV. <laughs> yeah. This is important. No, but it is but it is very important. Man, I always want to inspire people even if I don't say it. I want them to know like I'm doing my job. What are you doing? And uh one thing that helped me my first day in music theory, I want to shout out uh Dr. Young. He oh, told me Dr. Kevin Young. Yes. I want to best he, teacher. He told me he told everyone like this is going to be your job. This is going to be your job someday. Whether it's teaching music theory, which is teaching, you know, an instrument or multiple instruments, this is going to be your job. Then that just turned a switch on me. Like he led by example. He will always post in the in the Facebook group chat that he's practicing at 6 a.m. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> go practice. <laughs> Hashtag go practice. And yeah. And also like getting inspired by uh, other people like. There's this professor, he's a violin teacher. Um, and last year when I was still in uh, uh, college, uh, I would wake up at, like at 6.30 a.m. I would practice at 8 a.m. at the Wagner. And I would always see him. I would always see him practice. And he's a, like, he's a professional. 
He's a professional. He's the principal in the symphony. Yes. Viola, by the way, uh-huh. not violin. Viola. Viola. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to, I want to, when I'm practicing, I want to like last longer than him. Like if he's practicing one hour, I want to practice one hour, like 10 minutes or one hour and 15 mm. minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just that sort of thing. Like, uh, like I would hear Nathan play his trumpet and I'm like, oh my God. Then I was just like, I, damn, I need to practice. I need to practice. Thank you for the compliment. Just but getting inspired by other <laughs> people. And yeah, that is that true because it's kind of vice versa. I yeah. would hear you play, mm-hmm. and then I would be like, "Okay, I got to go practice." Because I had to go. I w- always went to the bigger room. I forgot what it was called, but the, the Mason. Mason. I always went to the Mason, and I had to have that room for some reason because yeah. the to acoustics, me, bro. exactly to me, the acoustics matter in a practice room. Of course, you hear every bit of your mistakes. Everything, bro. But Everything. you you <laughs> yeah. could still hear your mistakes in an acoustic like hall like that and that's why i like if i'm playing trumpet inside of that practice room i feel so stuffed but going off um i was like i had every time i heard you practice i was like okay i gotta go practice because it would just rub off on me too i would hear you and i'd be like i gotta go practice i would hear frankie working on i think we had the same solo one year i think we played our tune in together and I remember as like I gotta go practice because I would hear him and I'm like oh crap, yeah I gotta go practice now. Like it, Frankie was also like practicing um every single day. Yeah, and there was only a few people that would practice a lot. And yeah, there was only know, a handful. Brandon was one of them. Uh, uh, just like just a couple of ma- music majors, man, that would just practice. Um, consistently and that the thing is i think it's really hard as a music major i think that's the only reason i didn't want to do it is because you're so involved with everything yeah you are there's so much to do yeah so much music you have to learn man and so much music and like coming from a trumpet player like i know understand and even a brass player just in general mm-hmm. your lips get so worn out well let's can get, let me break it down real quick yeah. okay so not only so you've got whatever your rep you're working on for wind ensemble. Yes. You're doing marching band. You're doing uh, orchestra, maybe. You know, you're doing orchestra. Yeah, you're doing brass do ensemble. That. Yeah, I did. And then you're required to do uh, a solo and an ensemble on a recital. Yes. Okay. That's just separate from a junior or senior recital. And like, not only that, oh, you, have, you know, you're doing 30, 45 minutes straight of music. Private 50, lessons. 50. And then you're teaching. And then you're having to do observations for education yes, classes. Yes. And then oh you're running God. around campus and you're doing something that's unrelated to music because God forbid you want to do something that is outside of that. So like, and that also it, learning instruments that are nothing they're gonna like yeah. ever oh do with you. God, like, like learning you, every single instrument. <laughs> like we're band members and we have to take this choir class, choir, uh, choral methods. Yeah. Well, I that, just sing in the choir anyway, but yeah. <laughs> also, Brandon is an amazing singer. Guys. Oh, yeah, like, he's just an all-around amazing. good musician. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but th- yeah, I feel like they're just so much more involved. I'm like, I'm a kines major. I went for a minor. I didn't have to do everything. That is part of your core education that you have to do. Even Nathan was part of orchestra, brass ensemble, wind ensemble. As a minor, as a as minor. a minor piano classes. Yes. Yep. I had to do everything as a minor, other than. I just I just had less hours basically, you know. Yeah, it's just the repertoire, man. It's just too, a lot of music. 
Um, and then, of course, what were they called at the end of the semester where you had to go and perform in front of the professor? Yeah, your uh, yeah, juries. Your jury. Yeah, you have juries that everybody's stressed about. It's like you stand in front of a panel of faculty who yeah. all have doctorates or master's degrees, and they're going to stare at you while you play your instrument. And they and say, tell you, e minor scale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to tell you whether you're good or you're trash. Or you should get out of this music department right now. But yet a, some yeah. of the students that are god-awful are still in it after doing juries. It's like your final exam. Yeah, final it's your exam, final exam. Uh, outside you, of final exam. What you learn in your private lessons, and are you um, getting taught the, wrong, the right way and all that stuff? But but man. even then, it's more or less about the effort that you're putting in to make sure, hey, do you know your stuff? Well, here's the kicker. Yes. After all of this stuff, you're still trash. You're still not <laughs> yes. good enough. Yes. You still feel like you're a garbage musician. And yes. I, I do want to talk about this on another episode. I feel like we're getting in the weeds here. Yeah. But it's just like <laughs> nothing will ever be good enough. Like I'm still not uh, Bill Watrous, you know, legendary <laughs> jazz trombonist. I'm still not Joe Alessi. Uh, Ivan is still striving to be uh, the next Kenny G or uh, whoever it is. No, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm not even close to being a good, good classical musician. Like, I always strive to be, but I'm nowhere near than some of these, like, UNT, UT, UT Austin guys. <laughs> and um, they, are, they are masters when they're freshmen. Like, they're masters in their saxophone and stuff. I didn't have the opportunity to have private lessons in high school no. and stuff. I got lucky. And I was very fortunate for that as well. I've, yeah. I've learned that a lot of people didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, I was I, I had a, a teacher who is now teaching in where I work. Oh, hold up. I think I hear Ivan coming in the distance. For oh, a man. Oh, wait, hold up. Who is this? Hold on. I think I hear Ivan, is this you? Is this Ivan? Is, is this you? <laughs> is, that, is that Kenny G? It's Kenny G. <laughs> it's Ivan G, baby. Ivan G, Ivan G Contreras. Wait, what's your middle name? Uh, Franco, <laughs> Franco, <laughs> Ivan, Kenny, Franco. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't anyway, know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really like Kenny G that much. I just like, I like, I, I like classical musicians a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but speaking of Kenny G and especially Songbird, can we just move on to something like for movies? Because I think it really did stem something in Well, you me. think there's a, a Kenny biopic that needs to happen? Or no, <laughs> but if, if, okay, outside of, you know, our interest in music, I also love cars, okay? I love cars. I love motorsport. I'm a gamer. Lame. And if you could guess, I play Forza Motorsport and I play Gran Turismo. And of course, in Gran Turismo, the movie, there is a part where Kenny G you know plays and oh so i i i was like what in the that. world and i didn't know that i think his name was jan and it it's based on a true story for gran turismo but it's one of my favorite movies and i was very surprised to know that in real life this guy listens to songbird by kenny g before every single what? one of his races okay <laughs> lame <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh and it's even it's a really funny part of the movie. You need to watch that movie to understand it. But it's such a good movie in my perspective because I love, you know, simulation games, car simulation games. I love Forza. I love Gran Turismo. Yes, were there parts that were cringy that it was like, 
he was gaming on his rig and it transformed into a car and whenever he was <laughs> viewing himself dr- yes like there is but the story behind it is such a good story in the fact that he listened to Kenny G before every race which is the funny funny thing for me to like bring up because I remember that mm. but y'all need to go watch it I think y'all need to go watch that movie even I if do. you don't like cars it's mm-hmm. a good movie I was talking before the podcast about it, how, you know, these events really happened to him. You know, he accidentally killed a person on a race in Germany, Nürburgring. And it's such an emotional roller coaster of a movie. You just need to watch it to experience it, though. Yeah. Um, I was talking about uh, to Nathan that my the greatest movie of all time for me is uh, Whiplash. Not quite my tempo. No. Yeah. <laughs> Whiplash is about this drummer. He is in uh, college and he wants to be the greatest drummer ever. Uh, greatest jazz drummer. So wait, wait, yeah. This is going to be a new segment. It's just like, what is our movie recommendation of the week, right? Yeah. So, oh, so Nathan's, yeah. Nathan's got Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo just came out. Yes. Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. For all my music majors, uh, music education majors that are listening, like you need to watch this movie. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh my god, I need to practice. I need to practice. I need to practice. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's dark. Very, it's very, very dark. It's about this, uh, you know, this college student that wants to be this amazing drummer. Then uh, all of a sudden, he has this oh, this teacher that is just verbally abusing. And physically, and physically yeah, and physically. Hey man, abusing. that's the best way to get a point across. You gotta yeah. want a chair across <laughs> the whip room. those kids around. Apparently, <laughs> I'm gonna throw a damn symbol at your head, boy, if you Definitely don't get in my not. tempo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, Tubby, you ain't in tune. Get out of my rehearsal. Like that was an actual thing that happened. Do you remember I, that? I had a teacher that threw a care a chair at a uh, special education student oh my, oh my for God. breaking a stapler. So that's fun. We'll talk about yeah. that later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> but no, um, then slowly throughout the movie, the drummer slowly becomes obsessed with being, with just practicing and stuff. And Like he literally bleeds. He yeah, after bleeds. Because he's okay. playing so hard. He but he bleeds. practiced for the wrong reason until the end where he finally like noticed. What was he trying to do the entire well, movie? Like um, one of the, like the main themes is just um, he's Practicing slow. perfect. Like, or the question <laughs> is, the methods that the professor was using, actually, like, they it worked. It worked. In the wrong ways. But, but it, it worked. worked. Well, like, when they had a competition, they got first place. Every, like, yep. the band got first place. And he just wants the best out of every single one of his students. But it's just, obviously, it's not correct. Guys, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, um... And the movie and uh, some of the theories is like, you know, is the drummer going to become like the professor? Because at the end, like he finally understood what he was trying to say to him. Like, you need to practice a lot. And uh, yeah, it's just an amazing movie, man. I kind of got a different vibe from that. Because in the movie, <laughs> yeah. he's like practicing just to be a part of something rather than practicing for himself. Because every single time in that movie. Yeah, but like his goal was to be a part of that ensemble. Yeah. yeah. But at the end, it was more or less playing for himself. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get better for himself because even in the scene where he was at a dinner table, he brought up, oh, I'm in the top, you know, jazz. 
ensemble of the of the country or whatever. It it was always about that. Those were being mm-hmm. number one rather than just being, hey, I'm gonna do my damn dead like best in order to, you know, get where I need to get. And in the end, he ignored the exact point of why he was trying to do his thing, which was the professor. Yeah. And then he finished a movie, finishing a solo, yeah. and nobody knows. I mean, what happens after that, you think? You uh, know? Well, my, my movie of the week is, is very different from either of yours. And sorry, it's just I because... I, I didn't mean Star to sound Wars? rude either. It's, it's just because... No, it's not Star Wars. God. It's A New Hope from Star Wars. That's next week. Uh, <laughs> and it's actually because teaching at the middle school this week, we've talked about a topic that has reminded me of this movie twice. And it's so cheesy. Please... Please hold your outburst. But Pixar's Cars, <laughs> I, I love which that movie. was my favorite childhood movie, movie. <laughs> um, because you know we talk about how Life's there's highway. two there's two different there's two t- different concepts in music and in teaching that we use. It's like one slow practice is fast progress. Yes, and Amen. two smooth is fast and smooth or what is it what is it it's like smooth is fast and fast is smooth something like that and it's like it made me think about the movie <laughs> you're gonna laugh lightning mcqueen you know he tears up this entire town because he was going fast because he's going too fast all right whatever but then he gets court ordered to fix the road right it's not a terrible ask but he's got the piston cup to get to <laughs> so <laughs> he gets strapped up to old bessie and he's like paving this road and he's like Man, I got a, I got twelve hundred horsepower. I'm gonna pull this baby, and I'm gonna, you know, like pave it really fast, yeah. and it makes this like really rough road. It's a terrible road, and Tomater's like, like, and you also have to remember that he Lightning still owes Tomater thirty thousand dollars in legal fees. <laughs> in legal fees. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like he paves this road like overnight, and it's terrible. It's garbage, and the judge is like, no, like rip it up. You're doing again. it again. And, you know, he goes through this whole character development and he realizes that there's, there's so much more to life. And <laughs> there's so much more to life. And he's, a little poor. You know, he just needs to slow down a little bit and he paves like the smoothest, like most beautiful road. And life is like that too. Like we, the highway. We like to live life a quarter mile at a time. We like to go so fast. You know, we're always... <laughs> He's laughing. He's laughing, but it's true. Fast and the Furious. We like, we like to think about the next thing before the current time yes, is even yes, over. Yes. And I want to close with this. Like we're we're wrapping up. We're going way over time, but like we're so enamored with the next step that we refuse to focus on what life is mm-hmm. in the current times. And so whether you're talking about teaching music, like. You know, if you're trying to play something at 160 beats per minute and you're double tonguing, slow it down to 75. Take it slow. Or even as an athlete. You'll work. You yeah. Know, like if you can't get that that rep you want for your PR, lower the weight, get to the weight. Exactly. You know, it takes practice. If you can't run a four minute mile, man, your first step needs to be to run a four minute half mile. Yeah, exactly. It takes time. And, and you did pick a really good movie because cars to me, I, I watched it last week. Oh, for real? I did. Sick invite, dude. (laughs) It's my favorite childhood movie. It was just one of those things where I popped it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch Cars. But I, I, as a kid, I didn't notice the story behind it. I I don't even know if the writers did. They just wanted to write some kind of cheesy plot with a talking car. It was talking car. I love car. I love going fast. (laughs) Low and slow. Low and slow. (laughs) 
Ka-chow. You know? Ka-chig. <laughs> but I, I realized after watching, like, there's an actual real story behind that movie. Yeah. And you saw it develop throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And it was a really, I think that's a really, really good movie. Yeah. And, you know, it's the simple things. That's so cliche to say, but it's sometimes like the simple, most like non-evident things in life that when you really start to think about it and really slow down and start to absorb that you're like, well, shoot, maybe I shouldn't be so depressed. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I want to yeah. talk about mental health in the future. You know, we, we're out of time now. And I think this is a really good stopping place. But, man, we have got to enjoy some of the things that you know, are the most trivial, you know, driving in the car, yep. you know, El Camino, we're going back. This is like the, this is the recap guys, you know, listening to music that makes us feel good, you know, finding those things like basketball, finding those things like the new Spider-Man game. Yeah. Um, even the first one, our, our career, our career is so important to us and it should be, you know, that's our life. That's how we make our bread. That's how we pay our rent. But at the same time, like if you're not happy, you know, if you are if you are living in a toxic relationship, if you are around friends that don't support you, if you are, you know, any of the any of these things. And I'm I'm going way off, guys. I'm going off the deep end. It's fine. You're good. It's but fine. you, you know, it's slow is smooth thing. and slow is smooth is fast. <laughs> and that's 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 all that's all this is. And I, I want to wrap this up now. Um Guys, this has been so great. Like, this is so fun. Oh yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna continue having this fun after we stop the record button. But I don't want people to be subjected to a three hour podcast. <laughs> um, How long is it? I don't even know. It's um, my guess is about two hours. Almost yeah. That's wow. Crazy. Um, but anyway, um, thank you guys so much for being here. I really Thanks. do think that this is going to be a regular thing. It's an honor. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting us on. Yeah, this, this is awesome. Francisco has wanted to do a, a, a quadruple podcast with all of us, uh, a family time episode uh, with the, our four chingomis. As we, we, will. we will, chingomis. We will. Uh, and there's a lot more topics that we a we really need to topics. to topics. talk about, even for ourselves. Yeah, especially like the mental health stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, real quick, we'll start with you, Nathan. Any any last uh, words of wisdom? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about? Oof. Surprise. Surprise. Surprise, Shade. <laughs> <laughs> Something I always like to tell my kids is, you know, play by ear. Mm. Play life by ear. Okay? You're not going to have control over absolutely everything in your life. Yes. But the only thing you can do is to play things by ear. Mm. Ivan, you, Mr. Band Director, Mr. Uh, Mr. Young Professional. What you got? Life is hard, man. Life is hard. Like, you can't just be mad and be like, oh, why is this happening to me? No, it's happening to everyone, man. It's happening Shoot. to everyone. You're not alone, man. You're not alone. And, yeah, it's just life is hard. And just enjoy. Also, enjoy the little things, man. Enjoy the little things. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, I, I'm not going to speak again because I already had my little monologue. <laughs> This is so so great. Uh, for those of you that this is your first or maybe now your second time listening to BLT, um, we're so glad to have you. Um, this is literally just the time for us to 
to share what life is like, to, to talk about our musical moments, to talk about things going on in our lives, um, really important topics um, that, that hit, you know, close to home. And so if you liked what you heard today, make sure you hit that subscribe button on uh, Apple Podcast or um, Spotify or even on YouTube. Um, and thank you guys for taking the time for, for letting us ramble on. Um, and if you have any suggestion that suggestions at all, uh, leave them there on Spotify. You can reach out to me on Instagram, my website there. Um, again, thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed the BLT. Remember to plug in, you know, um, and I hope you guys have a splendid week. Um, you know, as it, as our tea reaches its dregs, yes. um, it's time to wrap up this heartwarming melody filled session. Nathan, Ivan, thank you for adding your unique flavors to this BLT brew of this week. And to our listeners, keep those cups ready for some more enriching discussions. Until next time, stay brewed and stay splendid. Bye.